couple of fascinating local cases, and we need some expert perspective. We're joined by our legal analyst, Paul Harding, Marty, uh, uh, Martin Harding and Mazzotti. You're right. You're sure. Oh, my God. It's I just a had a little seizure. Sure Thank you. Very, could you get a longer time? <laughs> How you doing, Paul? It's been a while. Yeah. First of all, the Schenectady case, all right? Uh, Long story short, this cop, Aaron Zampella, uh, stopped for speeding 1.15 a.m. Friday in Schenectady. uh, Cop starts to approach his vehicle, his private vehicle. He speeds off. Car is found a short time later. Uh, Guy is then basically allowed to turn himself in the next day. Uh, This seems to be on its face very unusual. Yep, I think it absolutely is. I don't think that... um he wasn't a police officer that, that this would have happened, right? He, by the time you leave the first time, they catch you the second time. There's going to be lots of things happening. Um, and I just don't know what they're going to do with this. At this point, um, there's an internal investigation going on in addition to these charges. Uh, they're going to probably uh, keep those uh, within the confines of the police department unless the outcome is something dramatic. Uh, and the police uh, are, when they charge one of their own, it's always tricky. You know, we've heard about officers being stopped before for DWI, and they don't really make a big effort to cover it up. And and it just seems like something weird is happening here where, I mean, they asked him specifically, had he been drinking? And they said, no, alcohol wasn't involved. And then the follow-up question was, well, did you give him any field sobriety tests or breathalyzer? And they refused to answer. So you would think that if he was not drinking, they would say, yeah, everything was fine. That came back clear, but he didn't say that. So, and then if he, yeah. if the implication is that he had been drinking, why'd they let him go? Yeah, that piece is just hanging out there, glaring, uh, looking back at the public. And the last thing that Schenectady Police or any of the police department need is this. Uh, I'm sure they're wrestling with it internally, and they're going to try to figure out what the police officers on the scene saw, observed, in that case, maybe smelled. And we're, I don't know that we're going to find out a whole lot more about it. Uh, you know, even uh, any citizen who kind of is sort of deemed erratic driving and then they do evade the police will say that's happening. They show up in the morning, maybe after they've sobered up and the charges are not alcohol related. They can't prove that. So it may be the same case here. No indication of alcohol, just certainly an indication of unusual uh, protocol from the police. No doubt. And I, you know, usually you like openness in these kinds of cases. That way you don't have to speculate on all these other things that may right. or may not be unfair to either the officer who uh, made the stop or the officer who was involved. Um, one other case we're talking to uh, Paul Harding, Martin Harding and Mazzotti uh, on A10 and 1031WGY. This Rapika case, okay, this is the kid guy who taunts the cops and uh, gave the cop in Saratoga the middle finger and got a $50,000 settlement. He says the cops are out to get him now, uh, it, but he's been arrested now for a, a, a down perhaps involving a 15-year-old girl. The question is, he says the cops are out to get him. What about prosecuting or defending that case? Does the fact that we know the cops don't like this guy, is that, is that a complicating issue? I think he's just trying to, at this point, uh, throw some smoke screens out. You know, in the past, he would initiate contact. He, he drove around, put his middle finger up, and tried to get the police kind of fired up, and then he had a bad incident or uh, occur in Saratoga. Here, he's surprised, okay? There's a 15-year-old girl who alleges sexual abuse in the hands of both he and his, and his girlfriend. So I think when the police arrest him here, he, he's not looking, he's not initiating this contact. It's a whole different deal. Now, as he's getting in the police car and he's handcuffed or, you know, he's saying they're out to get me. Um, but no, I, I think he's generally on the defensive here. And then, of course, the twist in the story came yesterday when he posted, uh, again, uh, the, the Rupika, he posted a, uh, uh, a Facebook post that he is in Alberta, 
Canada and doesn't plan to return. Now, so if is it legal? I mean, is it okay to leave the country if you've been charged? Just as, just as long as you show up for your court date. Yeah, yep. Well, you know, he's got a misdemeanor. You know, at this point, they did not. One of the restrictions for bail was not you can't leave the country. We're taking your passport. You've heard that on more on more serious charges. So he was allowed to leave. And if he comes back, he's due up back on Thursday. Uh, no problem. He's allowed to go to Canada. Allowed to come back. Now, you know, I had to. I checked the map uh, this morning. You know, Alberta. Just to kind of refresh my recollection, <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty far away, right? We're talking, you know, it's out by Vancouver. It's not a day trip. Canada. <laughs> not a day trip. And so, but doesn't mean he won't come back to the court date. But if he doesn't, the question is whether or not they're going to. Um, you know, he again forfeit. He would forfeit the bail. There would be a warrant for his arrest. But whether they would extradite charges like this, historically not. Um, but we'd have to wait and see. Paul Harding, Martin Harding, Mazzotti, one eight hundred Law ten ten. Thanks, Paul. Okay, guys. Thank you.